Welcome to the Rockman Podcast, the weekly podcast brought to you by Rockman, the running and fitness challenge brand for those with a deep desire to test and further their limits and live a healthier life with fortitude. At Rockman, we provide the challenges, sportswear, content and community to inspire action within you to push your body, strengthen your mind and achieve your next level of health, fitness and well-being. You can sign up free at www.rockman.co.uk. If you'd like to be notified about new podcast releases, then be sure to hit the subscribe button below. And if you take any value from this podcast whatsoever, give me the thumbs up or leave me a review or a comment. Podcasts by nature are very much one way. Um, we, Me and my guest will speak, you listen, but there's nothing coming back, rarely. So in order for me to know which ones are good, which ones are bad, please let me know in the comment section below and it will help me to improve the podcast going forward. I'm Terry Rosman, Rockman founder, and I hope you enjoy recording progress. Carla, welcome to the Rockman podcast. Good to have you on. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. No bother, no bother. Um, so first off, just for the listeners who aren't aware of you, and if they don't, if people aren't aware of you, where the hell have they been for the last two years or, or longer? Um, for those people, could you explain who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I'm Carla. I'm uh, an ultra runner. Um, but I also do distances from 5k up to multi-day ultras and I guess I'm probably most known for running from Land's End to John O'Groats during the pandemic as my lockdown project spiraled out of control a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit? So <laughs> yeah. How many miles was that? I think it was about 870 odd. Yeah, and you and you set the new record, right? You broke the yeah. broke the record. What was the time you did it in? I did it in twelve days and thirty minutes. Twelve days, Jesus Christ! Eight hundred miles. How many miles is that a day? I was doing seventy-four miles a day. How does that work? Like, how, how would you fit that in and and sleep and eat? You basically eat on the go whilst you're whilst you're running and so like you're just trying to move forward we did stop a couple of times in the day and then yeah slept for about five hours a night although I'd use the term sleeping very loosely because you're in so much pain you're actually can't sleep mm. so you're lying you, down yeah just looking at the the roof of the the van did you sleep in a van or is it like a did you have rooms we actually, so we had a van, we had a little camper van and then a big camper van, which we used for like the first three days. And then some very generous person came and saw us and was like, this is ridiculous. You need a proper bed and then paid for us to have a bed for the rest of the time, which was yeah, a blessing in disguise. It was just absolutely amazing because just like getting changed in the back of the van. Like as you get more and more stiff, it was just getting more annoying. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. How, yeah. did, how did you manage the pain? Oh, just got to suck it up. Like you can't, <laughs> like it, it's, everything just hurts. From like lunchtime on day one, you're just in a world of pain. You just got to accept that it's painful. And there's people that have done it since. And I try and get that through to them that, there's nothing that you can do. The only way the pain is going to stop is if you stop and then wait for two weeks. Right. <laughs> then <yeah. it's> <laughs> like if you're going to do something like this, you just have to accept that it's going to hurt. Yeah. And how did it come about this challenge? What made you want to Pretty take much it Because of like the, the pandemic started, all my races got cancelled and I had nothing else. Like all of a sudden I had like a free calendar where like before I did have to do certain races because of the team that I was running for. And then all of a sudden I didn't have to do anything. So I was like, all right, that'll do. <laughs> and what were you training for anything in spe specifically um, before that? Because obviously you'd have to train for something like this. So did yeah. it, was the race you were training for, did it lend well to that challenge? I was just about to do a race called Two Oceans, literally like two weeks later, which is a 56K ultra in South Africa. So I was training for that. Um, so yes, it was an ultra, but yeah, not really. 56K? Anyway, yeah. Half <laughs> of what I was going to be doing. <laughs> but I, was, I was very fit. Like I was probably like at that point, the fittest side ever been like I'd been had a really nice consistent block of training so I didn't 
just start off having done no running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is this a full-time thing for are you? Are you like, you're like a professional athlete then? Yeah, no, I am. Although I do work as well. Yeah. Because I know you've got your coaching, haven't you? You do your yeah. coaching and stuff. So, I mean, take me back then. Like, rewind. What? How did... How did you get to this position where you are today? Sort of professional athlete, set, breaking world records, running the length of Great Britain. Like, was this something? Was this an interest way back when, when you when you were a child, or is it? Did it? But you know, take me back. How did you get to this yeah. point? Yeah, like I've like I've always done sport, like some form of sport since I was pretty much could walk. Um, started off swimming, did gymnastics, did diving, then got into athletics when I was about. 14 15 like round about that age um and yeah you know when you get into sport and you know I was competing at county level and always had that dream of like wanting to you know represent my country and go to the Olympics and all stuff like that but I guess I was just never quite good enough to get there for track and field and those kind of disciplines so I almost like just relaxed a little bit and thought, well, I'm just going to enjoy it and do things that I find fun. So for a while I did triathlon and then for actually 10 years. Um, but then I just got bored of like having to like take a wetsuit off and jump on a bike. And it's just a mission. I was like, running's a lot easier. I can just put shoes in my bag and you can go and do it anywhere. And then I started to get into the more like adventurous side of running. So I did set my own little challenges, like run. I ran from London to Brighton. I ran around the Isle of Wight. I did the tour of Mont Blanc, which is a circular route around Mont Blanc and the Alps, um, the Hort route. And I was kind of organizing those type of things for myself and my friends, just going out and, and having fun on the trails and the hills doing stupid stuff. And then in 2018, I got asked if I wanted to do a run from Cape Town to Comrades. And Comrades is like the oldest and biggest ultra marathon in the world. You get like 20,000 people running 92K. The entry is actually open today, coincidentally. Um, and so, yeah, we tried to do this run from Cape Town to Comrades. Everyone like got broken at some point in the run. There's like all of us just like hanging on for dear life because it was like we were trying to run 90 kilometers a day for 20 days and then got to the race and I don't really I still don't really know how but I came ninth and if you come in the top 10 in comrades like that's quite a big deal when you get like a special gold medal and everyone was just like who are you (laughs) where where have you come from like I wasn't in a proper team I was just running in my like normal like running clothes everyone else is like a professional and I'm like kind of felt like I got there by accident a little bit and then about actually it was like two days later team GB phoned me and said we want you to be part of the 100 kilometer world championship team like are you interested I was like am I interested (laughs) sign me up um so yeah and it was kind of there at a turning point where I was like oh you go through athletics and everyone's like oh you know once you're 30 you're over it like you you can't do well at sport and I was at that point 36 and had just been given well been selected to go and run at a world championships and it kind of spiraled from there like everything (laughs) else was like oh okay that's cool Just, just a happy accident. Look what happened. Like, yeah, you came ninth in that race, and now look what's happened to you. Jesus, yeah. setting records and everything like that. But what, what do you think the difference was then? So you were doing it for a jolly, and you're, you're, you're beating professional athletes. I'd assume. Yeah. What is it? Is it your? Is it fitness? Is it strength? What, 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 what attribute did you have that made you able to stay at the top of the pack? I think it was just, you know, I. I had been running for so many years at that point. I think it's like every, it's just that consistency. And like, I drive that home to like people I coach and stuff all the time. It's just being consistent. Like I, would you know, day on day, week on week, year on year, like just continued to build. And so, yeah, it wasn't like it was, oh my God, she's never run before and she's done well in this race. I'd always run. And I guess it was, yeah, just all those little building blocks eventually coming together 
at that point for me. And I think sometimes that happens when people are 21 and they have an amazing race. And sometimes it's a little bit older, luckily for me. It's a little bit older. <laughs> you, said, um, you said you did it with your friends for a jolly, but hmm. were you pushing it? Did you, did you, see, did you see that you, you're on for a good time here? And, were you, you know, at, at what stage did you ditch your mates and just plough for and just run for it? Like? Oh, I ditched them <laughs> the day before. Like everyone, right. <laughs> everyone kind of had their own for like the race day so we were all just like right we'll just see you guys at at the end and that was kind of said from the beginning and I don't know like somewhere in the back of my head I was like yeah I'm gonna go for a gold medal like I realized this was ridiculous because we had just run I think 850 kilometers in the three weeks before so obviously it was ridiculous but I was like yeah so I'm gonna go for and then the day before I went and picked up my number and there was like a band in there that said like elite athlete and they'd given me like elite entry I was like this is ridiculous um <laughs> and yeah I just stood on the start line and I actually as soon as the race started I just ran on feel I just I didn't look at my watch I just ran how I felt was comfortable like my legs were in a world of pain but they'd been hurting for three weeks so it, it didn't really matter. It was pretty irrelevant. And yeah, I just went for it. And I didn't know when you come into the stadium where the race finishes, if you're in the top 10, they give you a red rose. And I was like, holy crap, like, this is awesome. So they gave me that. And then you go in and I'm like, please, no one overtake me now. <laughs> yeah, 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 imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to do a lap at the, the stadium. And you're like running scared. You're like, oh, um, yeah, and then when I saw the time on the clock, I was like, oh, my God, I had done the race before, but I, I think at this point I'd run like 35 minutes quicker. So I was like, not bad. Yeah, I didn't know until that point kind of what was happening. Mm. But are you competitive by nature or do you do oh, yeah. the adventure? Is it, which is, which yeah. is more important to you? So kind of both, like even with the adventure stuff that I do, I like to make it hard and, you know, I want it to be a challenge. So, you know, if a guidebook says you can walk it in 12 days, I'm like, well, I can run it in four. And I want to kind of go to <laughs> that, that harder end of the scale. And like my racing style is stupid. I just go at like, go till you blow and I will go hard. And I know this is a stupid way to race and I tell people not to do it every day in my job, but I like to run as hard as I can and just leave everything out there. And sometimes it works like that race. It worked. Sometimes it goes horribly wrong. Actually, most of the time it goes horribly wrong, but most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but some, when it works, it's awesome. Yeah. You're saying records. You're getting top. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, suppose, I suppose that's it. If, you, if you're leaving everything on the table that yeah. there's no regrets is there it's no. like I gave it my all yeah I don't want to finish a race and be like oh god I wish I'd gone a bit quicker I would have you know got a higher place or gone faster like I know with my racing that that wouldn't have happened mm. I might have gone quicker if I hadn't run 800 kilometers three weeks before but yeah it's a different story <laughs> what 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 do you love about running then what is it do you love running because <laughs> yeah. I run but I don't like it <laughs> I like having run yeah. yeah yeah so yeah some sessions are like having run completely agree like the hard ones um but yeah most of the time I don't know I think for me it's just that escape I don't have to look at a computer I don't have to talk to anyone unless you're with some friends and that's quite nice but you can just kind of listen to everything that's around you and just go and I think it's a really nice way to kind of see places like be that round where you live or if you go on a holiday somewhere new you know you can see a city in one run quite quite quickly and I think you by running and taking things a little bit slower you see more than other people normally would if they go away on holiday for example and just sit on the beach which is also nice yeah I suppose you're just in touch with your surroundings a lot more you're absorbing more I completely understand what you're saying I know when I go on um 
on my runs. I, I feel more connected. It's going to sound a bit hippie-ish. I feel yeah. more connected to the earth, you yeah. know, and, and nature and what's going on. Because you're, you're, yeah. you're amongst it. You're sweating. And I, I don't know. This, you don't know unless you do it, I suppose. Yeah. Like this morning, I went for a run and I had to wake up at half past five because one of my friends wanted to meet me at like half past six. I was like, oh, God, fine. <laughs> like, sulked about it a little bit. But then... We ran down to the beach and then there was this amazing sunset, uh, sunrise and like the waves coming in. I'm like, if I didn't run, like there's no way I would get up to go and look at a sunrise just because like, what's the point? But we had to go and run early to get it done before work. And as a result, you got to see something awesome. And you yeah. often get that with running, which is cool. Yeah. I want to I wanna get deeper now. I want to know. <laughs> What has been your hardest challenge or biggest test? Yeah, Le, Le Jog, which was Land's End to John O'Groats. Yeah, that was, it was way harder than I thought it would be. And it started to get hard earlier than I thought it would. Um, so, yeah, from lunchtime day one, because I went off too fast. And, and um, how, how was it hard? Was just tough? hurt. Just, it's just painful. Like, your feet hurt, your legs hurt. And like every day it's something different. So you're like, okay, my quads have stopped hurting. Oh, but now my hamstrings hurt because you're constantly like adjusting the way you run to kind of offload some of that pain. And then when my hamstrings stopped hurting, I then ended up getting like ulcers in my mouth from eating so much. So then like your your tongue hurts and then you're like, oh my god and then I got like a skin infection on my shin and then my shin hurt so it was just this constant battle of like fighting fires or to yeah go for a really long run now I've done a I've done a few endurance challenges in my time as well nothing nowhere near as big as what you've done but I always found that um it's almost it gets to a point where it's not about strength or fitness and it's purely about fighting fatigue and just like your your fuel tank tank is empty but somehow you still gotta move forward how much of that was a factor on on that challenge yeah I think that challenge it was I was actually really good with my nutrition so I was eating every 30 minutes from when I woke up to when I went to bed Um, so that side of it I found actually was fine I never really had a slump in energy I think with doing something like that it is just that it's all in your head like you just have to keep on moving forward and just accepting that it's going to be painful but you've got to have your reasons for wanting to do it either it's a challenge to yourself you want to break a record you want to explore a country like you have to have that reason like rooted down. Otherwise it's very easy to quit. Mm. And I find actually like what was interesting is when I did that one from Cape Town to Comrades, we were, there were six of us that did that. And it was a lot easier to bail when there's six of you because, you know, someone was taking it easier one day and like their leg hurt. So they were just doing 30 K. So you're like, yeah, right. I'll just do it with him. We're like, when you're on your own and your whole support crew are there just to focus on what you're doing, you can't quit because you're like, all of these guys here are for me, where when there's a group of you, you're almost like spreading the load between you. <laughs> How much did you feel that there was a uh, pressure and responsibility to get it done from, because obviously you, you were telling people, you were, you were, you advertised the fact that I'm going for this record, right? Um, how much did that play? on did did that add extra stress and pressure or was that extra motivation I think it was extra motivation and I had done all my planning for the run and I'd given myself like a 24-hour buffer so I had like a massive window like when a lot so I went out like pretty bold like when a lot of people do things like this the the windows are quite small so I never felt the pressure that I wouldn't do it because I had done the planning to like, you know, you plan to succeed. Like there's no point being like, well, I'll finish it with an hour to spare. Cause then I think I would have been scared and be like, Oh my God, I'm going to let everyone down. But luckily it didn't, it didn't get to that, but that was just because I had 
yeah planned it going out you know doing really big mileage early on mm. and you, you what's what do you mean by a 24-hour window so like i had so the the record when was 12 and a half days so all my planning i'd done to finish in 11 and a half days so everything was everything was on track to finish in 11 and a half days until the last day when like my this skin infection i had on my shin kicked in really badly and we had a northerly storm come in um which was really fun um on the last day and then we kind of crept into like that next day but i knew that we had 24 hours and that we would get there in time mainly because i made everyone go through the night and not sleep what, what was the deal with this skin infection then? so i had some like dry needling done on my shin like acupuncture um and yeah then my shin we thought it was tendonitis and just it was just like a chance where one of my friends was a doctor and he just happened to be there and he took a picture of my shin and sent it to his other doctor friends and one of them was like oh that's cellulitis which is a skin infection um and you need to get her on antibiotics like really quickly. So I think it was really lucky. It was still sore and it didn't clear up till about three weeks afterwards. But I think if we hadn't started the antibiotics, it would have ended up being way worse than it was. Ouch. Yeah. You said um, you've got to nail down why you do these challenges, right? Because th that's mm -hmm. going to be the sort of the, the intrinsic motivation that's going to power you and fuel you through it. What was, why did you do it? Was it, was it for the record? And, and if it was, why why did you why did you want to set a record? Pretty much because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it would be quite cool. Yeah. I'd read like Mimi Anderson's book, who had had the record like two people before me, and I'd read a book about oh, six or seven years ago, and I remember reading it going she's on drugs like why would you want to do that like it sounded <laughs> I was just like absolutely no way but I guess it somehow actually planted a seed in my head mm. so then and I think as you do more of these like challenges and they get a little bit longer and a little bit further you're like when you first start them and the furthest you I'd probably run at that point was a marathon I was like I can't even think of running multi-day like that's absolutely insane but I guess each of the challenges that I've done is kind of built on the next one. So then by that point, which was March 2020, when I decided to do this, I'd had a lot more experience and I had this huge map on my wall and I was just like, yeah, that'll do. Do you do, you do it to prove something to yourself or do you do it to prove others wrong? Is, any, is either of that an aspect of anything of this? Yeah, probably both. Probably yeah. be like, you know, can I do it? Because the South Africa one didn't quite work out. And I was like, I think I've got more of me. And I'd learned a lot from failing that one. I'd learned a lot about the next one. So I was like, I want to see if I can do something similar. And yeah, I guess some of it is like a bit showboaty, isn't it? Be like, because otherwise, <laughs> why would you go for a world record? if? <laughs> yeah, Yes, but you want to pump your chest and you and there. Yeah. Say I am. Yeah, definitely. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, what, what's been your lowest moment then? It, it could be on this challenge or or, or any on the any other challenge. And and what? How did you push through? I think my lowest one was I was training really hard for um, a marathon in twenty. It would have been twenty eighteen. My training was like going really well. And then something was wrong with my shin. I didn't quite know what it was. Um, I'd been to the physio. They were like, oh, we think it's fine. And then I went and did the marathon and I was just in a world of pain. And I came away from that being like, nah, something is properly wrong. I had a scan on my leg and turned out I'd had a stress fracture in my shin. And it was because I'd like stacked it and sprained my ankle and I'd given myself a stress reaction. And then I had to go in a stupid boot for six weeks and wasn't allowed to run. And yeah, so that was from like the day before running a marathon with essentially like a fracture in my leg 
um, to the next day being told, well, yeah, you can't run for six weeks and you can't do anything lower body. So I was like, what? <laughs> How's it so, yeah. yeah, I kind of just turned it around. I was like, right, okay, what can I do? Um, so I could go on, I don't know if you've ever been on those ski erg machines. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that became my friend. I could aqua jog. Um, I could swim, but with a pool boy. So I basically just did everything else except running and just tried to stay fit. But yeah, that was boring. Yeah. Did it, did it frustrate you? Did, I suppose it frustrated you. You just couldn't get out. You can't do any. And six weeks is a long time. Yeah. To be stuck in a gym as well. You're like, you can't even do it. You couldn't even go for like a nice bike ride because I yeah. couldn't use wasn't allowed to do anything on my legs so I was like well this is great and so how did you how did you get through that you, you said you did other exercises was it about sort of keeping you busy keeping your mind busy yeah. and just keep moving somehow yeah pretty much I kind of made myself a program to be like okay well what what can I do to get to stay as strong as possible and then you know at the end of that six week block I think I then had like five weeks to go until comrades so I was like well I'm just gonna see if I can do comrades off cross training so which one was comrades comrades is the one you came ninth yeah so it was the one the following year so the that year I'd come ninth I then had a stress fracture and thought okay well I'll now try and do it with no running training don't do that it's not good oh so that was the <laughs> second time you did it hang yeah. on which way, so did, hang on did you do did you have a stress fracture not train for six weeks then just have five weeks to repair and then come ninth no 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 oh, so right, we, okay. did, we ran Cape Town to Comrades yeah the last day of that we did Comrades and the following year I had a stress fracture and couldn't do it properly and you gave it a go off five and did you do any running in those five weeks I ran I think it was like 115 kilometers and like my longest run was 15k which is not long <laughs> enough if you're racing 92. No, it wasn't. How did that go down? Oh, it was just, it, it was fine actually until about halfway. And then just my body, it just wasn't used to like any impact. Mm. And so I was just like, well, I'm just going to enjoy it. And like saw some friends and like my cousins and stuff on the side of the road. So I could stop and chat to them and just walk up hills and... <laughs> Just be like whatever. <laughs> like after like an injury like that, how long does it take until you're back to full fitness? Uh, probably three months, I reckon. Just and, and what? How do you do? Is it just building up steadily? Gradually, yeah. Because after that, I had to do some stuff in like an anti gravity treadmill where they basically blow this big balloon up around you, so it's not your full body weight going through your joints. So you do that for about a week. And then you've got to do a run-walk program where you walk, run for one minute, walk for four minutes. Then two days later, you run for two minutes, walk for three minutes, and you build it up until you're at half an hour. And then it's just like a normal program. You then just like gradually increase your training by like 10% a week. Mm -hmm. But it, it's long, but it works. Like it, you come out the other side and you're not injured anymore if you do it properly. Like I've seen far too many people get stress fractures and just not listen to that six weeks of no running and it just backfires like every time yeah do, do you know what um i've seen it myself I, i've had bouts of tendonitis before and um there's been bouts where i've tried to run through it and then it just get yeah. worse and then there's yeah. the ones where you have to rest and then slowly build it up and do you know what in my, in my old age now um i i <laughs> I need to steadily build as well. It's, I, it, you, I'm not no, I'm not 20 anymore. Where you can sort of just start running again. It's like um, it's so important to just gradually build it up. Um, what's been your biggest failure? Then we've talked about the wins, but what's been your biggest failure? And it, you know, this is this could be running challenges or in life. Yeah. How did you learn from it? Oh, I fail loads. Um, you know, there's been loads of races that. Last year actually was probably my biggest year. So I just signed with Hoka as one of their athletes. So for me, I was like, okay, I've got all these races that I've got planned that I want to do well at. 
and the first one, which is called Canyons 100K, which is in America, which I'm training for again at the moment. I started the race and then I just couldn't get any fuel on board and had an upset stomach for like from 10K in. And I was like, this is not good. Like this is not going well. Um, And eventually after basically walking for 50 kilometers, um, I then had to pull the plug and like DNF, which was just sold. Like I would drag myself to a finish line. I'd prefer to do that than to DNF, but I just couldn't eat anything. And I was just like, this is just ridiculous. I'm, I can carry on walking all day, but I'm never going to get to the finish line. Um, so that for me seemed like a massive failure because, you know, sponsors and stuff are there. And then all of a sudden you're not performing. And I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Um, and then I went and did the British trials in July last year for the trail world championships. And the same thing happened in the race, like no energy, couldn't really walk. Everything was going blurry, upset stomach. Again, halfway, I was like, I have, like, I have to stop. Like, what is going on? But I kind of used it as almost like an opportunity to be like, right, what is wrong? And luckily, I've got like some awesome people that I'm surrounded by. So like great sports nutritionists, sports dietitians like Rena McGregor, who was like, I think it's your hormones. And I was like, nah, like, how could it be my hormones? Like, what's wrong with that? And she's like, let's just do some blood tests. And we did them. And I was getting like an upset stomach on these runs because I didn't have enough energy. So it was like almost going into like red S, which is like low energy availability. And I thought I was eating loads because I eat all the time. And all of a sudden I was underperforming because I was under fueling my body. And it like, that seemed like a massive failure because I hadn't done it intentionally. And I, I know like eating disorders and stuff, they're really complex, but I found that really hard to accept because I was like, this is not fair because I haven't done it on purpose. If I'd been like, well, I want to be thinner, so I'm not going to eat, then fine. I've kind of, I would then understand like the circle that I'd gone through, but I was not finishing races and feeling awful in them because I wasn't eating enough just, yeah, for some reason. But yeah, ended up getting some help with nutrition, got a new coach to help me help look at my training um, and changed everything up last year. I still had one other bad race at the end of last year, um, which was CCC, which is a mountain race out in the Alps. Um, and energy wise, I felt better, but still wasn't, I don't think I was still completely better in myself. So actually after that race, I decided to cancel all my races for the end of the year and just eat food and get a nice base in with my training. So yeah, I think last year was a bit of a failure in terms of, I had three bad races, um, but it also meant we got to the bottom of the problem like really quickly um, instead of, you know, just plowing through and being like, no, the next race will be good. The next race will be good. And that's why I think like getting bloods done and speaking to nutritionists and sports dietitians is actually really helpful when you can fix things quicker than letting them drag on forever. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I had, um, a sports physio- physiologist on uh, recently, Dr. Colin Robertson, and he was saying that he said like mo- the modern athlete is all about sustainability, whereas mm. before they would have said keep plowing forward, you know, yeah. just keep going, grit your teeth. Um, you you made the right decision to sort of stop and reassess and re- reflect and, and and fix the problem in order to be to, to keep going on longer. Um, mm. What what what, did, what changes did you make to your diet then? It, it, was it a matter of calories or, or was it macros, yeah. micronutrients? Just calories. So basically now what I do, I pretty much double the amount that I have for breakfast in the morning. So before I was having like a bowl of porridge, now I'll have a bowl of porridge with fruit and a bagel for breakfast. And I pretty much have that every day. I have a smoothie after every single 
run that I do, even on easy days, because I find those really hard days is probably where I was tipping over the edge because you can't get enough calories in on those hard days. So I know actually I have to eat more every day um, for the longer days. So yeah, smoothie with, I get about 600, 700 calories in there, just like bananas, peanut butter, fruit, like everything. Um, And then I have another big thing is I have a bowl of cereal before I go to bed every night um that sounds well. like my, my kind of diet yeah, okay. <laughs> that is my kind when, of diet um but yeah like those three things pretty much of like just you know it's probably taken my calories up by about a thousand a day because i'm probably on about four thousand a day at the moment Gee. which is I'm quite small so it's quite a lot <laughs> yeah, I, I like that that's a huge amount and it's um it, it's what 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 do you think you were on before then when you were, were when you were I say under eating or under fueling was it probably about three thousand which is which, still a lot which is still a lot it, it's crazy it just shows how, how active you are yeah. but the thing is I also had a thing done where they did some testing where they measure your like your basal met- metabolic rate for which for women they're like 1400 calories is what you burn every day but when I had mine done it showed that at rest, I burn like 1,850. So just daily, not even doing anything, I'm already like 450 over what the kind of recommended is. So like everything's elevated. And for me, an interesting thing was like, well, actually, you know, ultra running is at the extreme end of running. It's an extreme end of the sport. So actually everything else has to be extreme to accommodate that, including eating. Mm-hmm. So, and, it, and it goes to show how important it is um, oh yeah and I've seen so many women like really unfortunately not catch it soon enough and then their careers have just ended and they've not been able to kind of dig themselves out of that hole because it's gone too far mm-hmm. so I think I'm actually really lucky that I had someone that was like mm, I think this is what it is and I was like nah don't be ridiculous yeah so have you raced since or are you wait are you waiting I, no, yeah, I have raced. So I've done, I did a 10K in December, half marathon in January and marathon in February. And I've actually got a PB at each of those distances. Oh, so cool. you're, you're absolutely firing on all cylinders now then. Yeah, it feels good to be like, right, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And I know I noticed those races are increasing in distance. You're getting back to the big ones, right? Yeah. So I've got 100K in pretty much a month, month today. And where, where's that? That's in America, in California. Oh, very nice, very nice. Bit of sun as well. Yes, I'm here at the moment, so. You're in California now? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I didn't realize. Are you not based in the UK or, or are you out there now training? Just training for this race, so. Oh, that's not bad. I didn't yeah. even realize, I didn't even realize. And that, well, <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, lag either. So, the, um, was it in time? The delay? Oh, yeah, there's there no is, delay. Yeah. We're like eight hours behind you, something like that. All oh, right, yeah, because I'm off to bed after this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off to the beach. Yeah, I know you're off to the bloody <laughs> beach. What are what some of the critical? What are the critical factors when um, training or preparing for a challenge that you have to do? And what are some of the common mistakes that you see people making? Um, I think you need to adapt your training for the race that you do. So, like races are different some of them like if you're just going and doing 10ks all the time you know that's fine the profile of the course is the same it's probably going to be flat there's a certain way you train for 10ks it's actually not that difficult but I think if you're getting into more complex races like multi-day trail ultra you need to kind of look at the course that you're going to be running on like look at the type of hills look at the gradients look at the elevation profiles, um, look at the surface that you're running on and really try and mimic that as much as you can. And, you know, I see it quite a lot where people are like, well, yeah, but it's flat where I live, so I can't do all these hill reps. And I'm like, well, you can get a treadmill. Like, it's not ideal, um, but it's better than nothing. Or you can travel or you just got to accept that actually when you get to the race, it's going to be harder then it needs to be because you haven't done training that is specific to that race. So, you know, 
you can't train the same way what well, you can but your life's just going to be a little bit harder for like all of the ultra trail kind of races that you do and that's what I find fun about doing different distances and different terrains because they all throw like a different like piece of the puzzle you're like okay what can I do so for this one I'm doing very different training than what I've ever done before and we're just trying to get massive elevation in all of the runs that's kind of why I'm here as well I'm lucky I can do my job from anywhere but I was like to best prepare for this race I need to go to America because the hills in the Chilterns are not as good yeah no I can imagine and and, and when you've got you know a big training camp ahead of you or or, you know your your week-to-week training how do you stay motivated um I just want to tick off the sessions so you know I I'm very goal orientated so I like to have a race at the end of a block like I would find it very difficult just to train for the sake of training and like when I coach people and they're like oh can you just train me and I'm like well what for they're like I just to get fit like I find that as a coach really difficult to do because I like for them to have something to work towards because I think you're more likely to stick to your goals if you've got something at the end um so yeah I guess I kind of stay motivated just by having a race at the end of each cycle yeah no it's quite right and um that's one of our sort of um values or beliefs at rockman because we we are running and fitness challenge brand and the challenge is the key part of it and it's because it gives you a tangible goal to to aim for and it, it keeps people motivated and then that that satisfaction of achieving it at the end as well mm. that you get and the confidence you build it's all down to the goal and yeah. um yeah i'm not against people that go to the gym for the sake of going to the gym but I truly believe you need to tie it into something tangible. Yeah. And I think like if that works for you and you're happy, just like ticking along and that's great. But I think if you do a sport and you have that competitive instinct, like you want something at the end of it. And it's nice, even if it's just competitive with yourself, like, can I beat my time? Mm -hmm. You know, can I do better? It doesn't have to be, I want to win the race. It can, you know, there's loads of different goals with, within one race that you can pick yeah i think it's especially true with running because i mean the vast vast majority of the people are not going to win that race right and it, and it's it is basically it's you v you yeah beat yourself if yeah. you weren't running car what would Pardon? you if you weren't running if you yeah. weren't doing challenges what would you be doing if you didn't go down this path don't know I, i'm sure i'd be doing some other sport i yeah. don't know what yeah which, which sport any idea don't know i guess i tried triathlon for a while which like everyone was like oh but you should be really good at the bike because your power to weight ratio is like really good i'm like yeah i should be but i'm not i'm rubbish i don't know why <laughs> i was rubbish on the bike but i am <laughs> um yeah i don't know you, what other you can't do triathlon anyway because that's got running in it yeah. Question: If you weren't running, if you weren't running, I don't know. Wrestling. Too hard. Wrestling. Maybe. Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like weightlifting or something like that. Like yeah. I do quite like Olympic lifting. Yeah. Like I think it it helps running, but actually that would be that would be quite fun. Do you use it? Do, do you use um, Olympic lifting and strength in, in your routines then, your, oh, yeah. your workouts? Yeah, math, like I'm a big advocate for strength and conditioning. And what, what kind of yeah. things do you do? So, yeah, I've got a whole program called Strength Conditioning and Yoga for Runners set up to like get runners doing strength stuff, mainly because it just stops you getting injured and it makes you quicker. And it just baffles me why like runners don't want to do it. Well, I know why they don't want to do it because it's boring, but (laughs) you know, I've tried and make it. So it's like 30 minutes once a week. You don't have to do loads, but we do a lot of like single leg work, balancing plyometrics, core, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, squats, lunges, um, cleans, yeah yeah and how often should how often sorry all that good stuff all the good stuff and how often should people be strength training in their program then 
I think, you know, once a week, if you can do that once a week and then do like we also do like a mobility session once a week, but you're consistent and you do it every week. I honestly think that that makes a difference and can improve your performance because I see it so often like people join my program and they're like, can I do it four times a week? I'm like, no. I'm like, because I know what will happen. Like you'll come and you'll binge on it for a month and then you'll hate it and you'll never do it again. And I think it's better to look forward to it and be like, okay, awesome. Like next week I get to do strength again or I get to do mobility. And yeah, just being, I think consistency is just like the, the biggest thing. Just do a little bit every week and you'll get better. Don't go and say that I'm going to go and do it three times a week because you won't. Yeah, and again, again, we're going back to the sustainability. Is too many times people yeah. will bite off too much than they can actually do, and it, they won't be able to sustain. I can't say the word today. Sustain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like runners just want to run. They'll will go and run for eight hours, but they won't do thirty minutes of strength. Where I'm like, if you just have to do it once a week, I find that that's a lot more manageable. And there's loads you can do in thirty minutes because we just do it as a circuit. We just like hammer it. Thirty minutes done. Yeah. This is your opportunity to tell me off now as well, Carla, because um, you do the yoga, right? Yeah. Now, how important is stretching? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I really, <laughs> I really yeah. struggle. You say about finding half an hour for a strength session. So you do an eight-hour run, can't find mm-hmm. half an hour for a strength session. I can't even find 10 minutes for a stretch. But yeah. how important is that aspect to the whole plan? Yeah, like you can. I bet you sit and watch the that night. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so stretching is really interesting. Actually, as a runner, you do want tension in your muscles. You don't want to be like a super flexible yoga person who can wrap their leg around their head. Like that's not what you want because you're not going to be as powerful and you're not going to have as much force to to run quicker. So you want some tension there. But the type of yoga that I do, it's not actually like let's bow to the moon and let's chant. It's specific mobility exercises that we you know we do things like get a golf ball and roll out that planter in the bottom of your feet and get a tennis ball in your glutes to loosen everything up a little bit and just mobilize your body a bit more and I find what that session does it actually gives you like bodily awareness to be like oh actually that's a little bit tight maybe I need to get a sports massage or that I can't why can I not balance on this leg but I can on the other one okay so maybe when I'm brushing my teeth at night I need to you know balance on my left leg and make it a little bit stronger um so yeah I do think it is really important just to give you that bodily awareness because when we're running we're doing everything in one direction and in one plane of movement whereas when we mix it up with strength and the yoga stuff I try and get everyone moving in slightly different ways so you can feel how everything moves and be like oh actually let me do something about that before it becomes a problem mm. i like what you said there about just being more aware of your body yeah and, and even like you don't have to do like the 30 minutes in one go you can do like 10 minutes on a monday and 10 minutes on a friday like you can break it break it up in the week and like chuck it in there like i like to do it at the end of a run so i'll have everything set out so i go for my run i come back and it's right there and I'm like, just get on before you can even think about it. It's like, let's get the session done. Because I do find that, well, especially yoga. I've, I've been to a few yoga classes and it's not that, right. They, they miss sell it, right? Because they miss sell it as like this Zen exercise, be one, huh. it's calming. It's torture. You're yeah. holding stress <laughs> positions for yeah. minutes on end. Like, Yeah, that's why I did like, I actually went and did my yoga course the week after I finished the jog, which was very embarrassing because I couldn't like do anything. All these girls were like (laughs) bending in these weird, they're like, what's wrong with you? You can't touch your toes. I'm like, just don't worry about it. (laughs) But I wanted to do yoga for people that can't touch their toes because it was annoying me going to these yoga classes and the yoga teacher was like, well, you should be able to wrap your leg around your head. I'm like, should be able to learn French, but I can't do that either. So <laughs> go away. And actually, yeah. as a runner, do I need to be able to do that? No, I don't. So yeah, I kind of pick the bits that I think are relevant and package it. Cause yeah, some of those classes you're just like, what? 
sorry, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, at, at Rockman, we, we're very much focused on mental resilience and um, building that through uh, physical pursuit because um, we obviously believe that mental resilience is the cornerstone for living sort of a healthy and fulfilled life. What's your understanding of mental resilience and how much of importance do you feel it plays on performance and life? Oh, I think it plays loads. Like definitely this, the challenges and stuff that I do, I think most of them are down to mental resilience, you know, having that yeah, mental resilience to be able to push through things when they're tough and keep on going, even if you're at the bottom of a dip, like having a stress fracture and you can't do the thing that you love, like having that, yeah, you know, that mental game to be like, well, actually, where do I need to get to and how can I get that? Um, same as like when your legs are hurting in a race, it is a little bit of sucking it up and being like, well, actually, if I just embrace this pain for another half an hour, then I'm going to get a PB. So it's like half an hour for pain for like bragging rights for a week. So yeah, I think it is massively important. And how, yeah. how, sorry. Go on. I'm sorry, I butted in. Um, but how, how, how do you embrace that pain then? Yeah, is, it because, is, it, is, is it a matter of sort of telling yourself that there's a reward here, just keep embracing it, you will get to the end? Or are there any other sort of techniques or... Yeah, like I just try and distract myself. So I just do things like, okay, I'll either count up or count down like the kilometers in a race just to give myself some distraction to get through to the end and basically stop thinking about my legs that are hurting. Um, when can I eat again next? Like when's my next gel? Counting down the minutes to that. I then try and like guess how far I am in the race and I just try and play little games with myself mainly as a form of distraction um yeah to get to the end because it it hurts and I think it hurts anyone no matter like if you're Kipchoge doing a two-hour marathon or you're Steve doing a four-hour marathon at the back it hurts everyone the same mm. um it's just if you can <clears throat> accept that it does hurt a little bit yeah I like that distractions yeah yeah just take your mind I don't I don't know if you've done you must have done sort of cold water therapy you must have a part of your stuff but yeah, it's um, yeah I find if someone's there talking to me I, yeah. I can stay in twice as long and it's just pure <laughs> yeah. distraction I did the same when I was in Chamonix last year I had I actually sprained my ankle so I was doing like ice baths in this glacial river and the first couple of times I was just sitting in there by myself, like for 10 minutes, thinking this was the worst thing ever. And then about halfway through this other girl ended up being at the river at the same time as me. And we were like chatting, sitting in there together. And then we had been in there for like half an hour. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was great. It just flew by because, yeah, we were distracting ourselves from the pain of sitting in one degree water. <laughs> yeah, one degree, Jesus. That's almost ice. That is almost ice. Um, how important do you feel that then it, how do you feel it carries through to day-to-day -day life and sort of dealing with the stresses and pressures of life? And how um, important is then that resilience to life? Yeah, I think you always have stress and pressure with the things that you do, but I think you almost have to like weigh up if what you're doing is urgent, if you need to do it now, if it can wait a little bit, you know, and breaking up your day or your week or your month into almost like those bite-sized manageable chunks, like a race, you break it down into your mile markers, you know, or your checkpoints where the aid stations are. I think just breaking down everything that you do day to day is a nicer way to do it like making that to-do list right what's priority a b c and then it becomes less overwhelming than when you look at something like sometimes I look at my diary at the beginning of the week and I'm like okay good god like how am I meant to do this but actually I spend a little bit of time get every, getting everything in the right place seeing where my free time is putting my training in and then making sure that you're not biting off too much so you can achieve everything that you've set out in that week. And I guess I almost have like week to week goals. I'm trying to tick off. Yeah, I think that's so true. And 
you're quite right. It's um, perhaps when you do have this overwhelming target or aim in front of you, it's to you. The first thing you should do is sit down and plan and break that target down into those achievable chunks. Yeah. I think that um, I'm going to butcher this now, but I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said, um, "If you give me five hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend four of them sharpening the axe." And yeah. I, I think that's so true. It's like analyze the problem whatever it is in front of you break it down into those small chunks and then you're just aiming for those little chunks each along yeah. the way yeah and then it's just so much easier than when you're looking at it being like you want me to do what <laughs> yeah no totally <gasps> what inspires you carla what or who inspires you oh. oh i don't know that's a good question um i guess other people that I race against like I like seeing what other people are doing what other challenges are out there um so yeah a lot of the other girls that I compete against they inspire me because it's pretty cool seeing them kind of crush it and being like oh can I be that good like that's mm. that's quite nice um and yeah just seeing other people do other challenges you know if it's running the Welsh coastal path or running across America or New Zealand they like plant those little seeds so you're like right what can I do next yeah yeah no I can imagine yeah but I suppose that it that, that's how you did the jog, wasn't it so pretty much that, that woman you um, watched inspired you planted that seed yeah um, what what's the most important thing you've learned then in life in life in life <laughs> big, big, question. A big broad <laughs> question here but it could be running it could be the challenges mm. but like what's the most important thing you've learned and it could be something external or it could be internal about yourself I think just do the things that make you happy and that you enjoy so like I was enjoying multi-day running adventures with myself and with my friends and that led me on to becoming better at running and seeing that actually I had potential to be better at running. But I don't, I think if I just grafted it out, just chasing, you know, that club running circuit, I wouldn't have got to where I did. So don't just do it because like your mates doing it. And that's what UK athletics say the pathway is for you to become, um, you know, an international athlete, actually carve your own way and be like, well, actually, that looks quite fun and I want to do it because yeah, it's going to be more enjoyable and actually it can circle around and get you back onto that path anyway, mm. which so, it did for me, which I think is quite cool. It's almost just like, um, listen to yourself as well, isn't it? Follow your instinct. And... Yeah. Yeah. What does the future hold Carla? What we do? The future. Yeah. Um, so this year I've got, yeah, that 100K next month where hopefully I will finish it this time. I will crawl on my hands and knees to the end. I'm sure if you I will. Have to. Um, and then I've got comrades again in August this year, if I can enter. Like the entry's open today and the system doesn't want to let me enter, which is stressing me out a bit. But <laughs> hopefully that race. Um, and then maybe depending how well the race next month goes the trail world champs later in the year or the 50k european champs i think it's kind of on the horizon awesome any personal challenges any any world records being broken so i i do really want to do america um but i've kind of decided that like those big challenges break you and they take such a long time to recover from that i've probably got you know five-ish years left like competing at the level that I am so I kind of want to do as much as I can then and then I will go and break myself running across America so, <laughs> good luck yeah go break yeah. yourself <laughs> like do it yeah like a lot of people that do it end up breaking themselves so I'm like actually it's probably not sensible to do it now where I want to keep on running where you can kind of do it later down the line where it doesn't matter as much yeah and if people if people want to follow your journey and follow the races um how can they follow you so either instagram's probably the best place just carla molinaro facebook is the same and yeah instagram's probably the best place to see my running adventures 
Awesome. I'll put the links in the show notes as well so people can click straight on. Thank you. But thank you very much. That's it. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. I think it was a great chat. And I think um, people are going to get a lot of um, sort of insight and information uh, and inspiration from it. So um, thank you very much for taking the time. Pleasure. Catch you soon. (laughs) Bye-bye.